Welcome to the Appalachian Folklore Podcast presents Stories from the Cabin, a storytelling podcast within a podcast, featuring tales from the countries and cultures whose people make up the diverse region we know as Appalachia. I'm your host, Aaron Bobbick. Hey folks, welcome to this month's episode of Stories from the Cabin. If y'all celebrated Valentine's Day, I hope it was a happy one. I decided not to go with a love tale as I had originally thought I was going to do for this month's episode. Instead, I'm going to tell a very famous and favorite local North Carolina folktale. I will say up front, some of the language used in the book is a little out of date. We don't say some of these things anymore. I am, however, going to read from the book as it was written. These are not my words. They are the words of the author in the time the story was written. The title of the book is The Devil's Tramping Ground and Other North Carolina Mystery Stories by John Hardin from 1949. It is a great collection of North Carolina folk stories that range from the mountain to the sea and then smack dab in the middle where this one takes place kind of close to where I live. The story I will be reading for you this month is The Devil's Tramping Ground. Chatham County, smilingly known for a traditional rabbit population, also has a lively unsolved mystery, a mystery of nature. Chatham, an historic county, was settled in 1771 by planters who moved in from the Cape Fear region. Both the county and the county seat, Pittsboro, were named for the Earl of Chatham, William Pitt champion of colonial rights in the British Parliament. The present Chatham County Courthouse was built at Pittsburgh in 1882, at a time when that village was known as Chatham Courthouse. Cornwallis spent a night at Chatham Courthouse in the course of his march to Wilmington after the Battle of Guilford Courthouse. David Fanning and his band of Tories once raided the town, while a court-martial was in progress and captured 44 persons as a part of Fanning's program of terrorizing that area during the Revolutionary War period. So Chatham County, rich in history, looks back over nearly two centuries of vibrant life. Against this background, we have an unsolved mystery, a curiosity of nature that has grown into a legend, has attracted thousands of visitors to the scene of the phenomenon, and has brought forth hundreds of explanations as to its origin. We go ten miles from Siler City to a point in western Chatham County for the scene of this strange story. Here we find a cleared path in a perfect circle in a grove of trees on the L.R. Down property. This path has existed as far back as the memory of man, and it has always been just as it is found today, without so much as a sprig of vegetation growing in the pathway. The spot is just off a rural highway and has no more official marking or designation than a state highway sign at Harper Cross Roads, one mile distant, pointing to the odd spot. It's the Devil's Tramping Ground, the Chatham natives say, and the story is that the devil goes there to walk in circles as he thinks up new means of causing trouble for humanity. There, sometime during the dark of night, the majesty of the underworld of evil silently tramps around that bare circle, thinking, plotting, and planning against good and in behalf of wrong. So far, as is known, no person has ever spent the night there to disprove that this is what happens and that this is what keeps grass, weeds, and other vegetation worn clean and bare from the circle called the Devil's Tramping Ground. The cleared spot, surrounded by trees, comprises a perfect circle with a 40-foot diameter 
The path itself is about a foot wide and is barren of any obstruction, growing or otherwise. A certain variety of wire grass grows inside the circle in a limited fashion, and residents of that neighborhood say that any attempts to transplant any of it have met with failure. Broom's edge, moss, and grasses grow on the outer edge of the circular path, but not inside the circle. Persons who visit the spot frequently place sticks and stones in the path, and sometimes tie sticks there, anchoring them with strings across that cleared band of earth. But that path is always found clear the next day. This, the story has it, indicates that the devil kicks the obstacles aside on his nightly perambulations. Many have been the explanations offered for this oddity of nature, this perfect circle that year after year remains clear of any growth whatsoever. One of the oldest and best known of the legendary explanations for the Devil's Tramping Ground is that hundreds of years ago, when many Indian tribes roamed the section that is now Chatham County, known then to the Indians as the Great Flats, the tribes would meet at periodic occasions in celebrations and feasts. The spot that is today known as the Devil's Tramping Ground was a principal meeting place for these occasions of festivity, assembly, and counseling. Thousands of these first Americans would gather and the Braves would hold their vigorous war dances. The treading of their feet wore a circle in the earth as the Indians called on the Great Spirit in the happy hunting ground to give them success in their enterprises of war. And their God has kept, as a token and a monument to these faithful Indian Braves, the circle that their moccasined feet wore bare as they danced around their campfire in supplication to him and in defiance of their enemies. And there is another Indian legend about this spot. And this one ties in with the lost colony of Roanoke Island, as do many Tar Heel Indian legends. Years before the first white settlers came to this region, two rival Indian tribes met in battle at the present scene of the Devil's Tramping Ground, and after a short but bitter conflict, stained the ground thereabouts with the blood of the dead and wounded. The leader of one of these tribes was named Chief Croatan, and he was killed in the engagement. With the leader of this tribe gone and casualties severe, the remaining warriors gathered the women and children of the tribe together, and with brief but impressive ceremony, buried their chief in a spot that is today the exact center of the Devil's Tramping Ground. They named the spot Croatan in honor of their fallen chief, and then fled eastward to the North Carolina coast to avoid further contact, and to start the life of their weakened tribe anew in another place. This particular legend contends further that it was this spot, named Croatan after the dead chief Croatan, that the members of the lost colony were headed for when they carved the word Croatoan on a tree and left the site of Sir Walter Raleigh's colony on Roanoke Island to be forever swallowed up in oblivion. And, according to this second Indian story, since chief Croatan was buried there, the great spirit has kept bare the circle around the grave, down through the years, in mourning for the loss of a faithful chief and great leader. There are still other explanations to be had in the western Chatham countryside. Natives there will tell you that the bare and circular path was made of the hooves of many horses and mules, as they circled to supply the power for grinding cane at a one-time molasses mill, and that the tread was so pronounced that vegetation has never returned. Other paths made at other treadmills pulled by horses have not, however, borne out this theory. Legend further has it that no birds build their nests in trees adjacent to this spot, and that wild game is never found there. Lawyer L. P. Dixon of Siler City tells of a certain possum hunting incident. When the hunting party approached the Devil's Tramping Ground, he says, 
the dogs lowered their tails, gave up the warm trail they were following, and dropped in behind their masters to have the safety and protection of human beings. Years ago, travelers never dared to pass that spot after nightfall. Perhaps the best explanation, and certainly the most scientific approach to a solution of the mystery, came first from Harry Davis, curator of the North Carolina State Museum. Curator Davis was in that area on one occasion with Dr. J. L. Stuckey, state geologist, when they were testing wells for their sodium chloride content, and sodium chloride is common salt. While in the vicinity, they encountered the remains of ancient salt licks that had been used by buffalo and deer, and buffalo and deer did roam the Chatham terrain in days long gone. In the area, Mr. Davis noted several instances of vegetation that thrives on moisture from brackish water such as is found along the coast. There is other definite evidence of a pretty heavy salt content in some parts of that section. Mr. Davis thinks that the Devil's Tramping Ground is nothing more or less than a spot of earth that is sufficiently loaded with salt to prevent ordinary vegetation from thriving there. And this horseback opinion of the curator of the Raleigh Museum has been backed up by recent scientific investigations. But even these investigations did not solve the mystery. W.A. Bridges of the W.A. Bridges Laboratory in Wilson and Dr. I.E. Miles, director of the Soil Testing Division of the North Carolina Department of Agriculture, ran tests on samples of soil taken from the middle of the circular path. I made arrangements for the samples of soil to be taken by W.B. Morgan, Siler City newspaper man, after a Devil's Tramping Ground radio program that I presented had produced such a widespread interest over the state. The tests by both chemists showed that the soil in the path of the Devil's Tramping Ground is sterile. Mr. Bridges' report said in part, Although there may be other factors of a physical nature that would make this a sterile soil, our findings show that plant life will not be supported on a soil that is so acid and so low and so low in the necessary soil nutriments. But the mystery that remains in the face of that scientific finding presents the questions. With the soil in this curious spot too poor to support plant life, why the circular path with grass and trees growing right up to its edge? Soil rebuilds itself over a period of time. So why has this spot remained unfruitful as far back as we have recorded history, as far back as the Indian Age, and even to the time 200 years ago when settlers first came into this territory? So science deepens our mystery as it seeks to solve it. Meantime, the natives of western Chatham and many of the thousands of people who go there to examine the curious spot adhere strongly to the belief that the devil himself has reserved that spot of land for his personal use. I heard a story from Dr. Will Long of Graham, which bears out Harry Davis's contention, that the explanation of the devil's tramping ground lies in a salt content of the earth there. Dr. Long told me of a strange sight seen in Chatham County in his youth. Passing a certain area there one day, he saw sheep come pouring out of the ground in a long chain of scurrying animals. An amazing sight indeed. Investigation revealed that the sheep were down in an old salt lick of the sort that Mr. Davis said was used in other ages by buffalo and deer, back when the Indians knew the area as the Great Flats. Animals, wild and domestic, that had roamed those hillsides for years had licked at the salt deposit and eaten it away until a great cave had been carved out of the earth. The sheep of Dr. Long's story, like many animals before them, had gone into the opening for a few licks at that salty formation there. There are two man-made scars at the Devil's Tramping Ground. There are holes in the center of the Tramping Ground, 
and they were made by unknown vandals and treasure seekers who dug up as a result of still another legend that has grown up at the place, indicating that there is buried treasure under the eerie spot. There is no available explanation as to the source of this theory about hidden wealth. Just who first discovered the spot is unknown. There is evidence that the story of the devil and his nightly meditative walks have been handed along for more than 150 years, from one generation of residents in that section to another. There is no evidence that the devil, if he still goes tramping there in a circle in the dark of night, has ever resented the curiosity that has brought thousands to his tramping ground for a possible invasion of his privacy. But if he takes his nightly walks in Chatham, and if this thinking is as evil as one would suppose, then many of the world's woes have been generated in lovely rural Chatham County. And that is the Devil's Tramping Ground for this month's episode of Stories from the Cabin. Thank you all for stopping by. I hope you enjoyed that very famous, very traditional folktale from my region. If you guys would like to share your own stories from wherever you're from, please email me at appfolklorepod at gmail.com. You can hit me up on the social medias as well. I would love to hear some of your stories. I'd love to hear all of your stories. You can look forward to hearing my lovely voice again on March 1st with the new episode of the Appalachian Folklore Podcast. And until then, y'all be good. Thanks for spending your time with me here at the Appalachian Folklore Podcast. If you'd be so kind as to rate and review this show on whatever platform you use, I'd be much obliged as it helps spread the word. You can email me at appfolklorepod at gmail.com and visit my website, shows.acast.com AFP. You can find me at appfolklorepod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also find me on Mastodon at appfolklorepod at thefolklore.cafe. Thanks to Jonathan Ochoa for the AFP cover art. You can find his work on Instagram at inkwellgraphicdesign. Thanks again for listening.